have a bad feeling about this. The first line of dialogue from Obi-Wan Kenobi ever in Star Wars uh, from the live action timeline standpoint. Uh, and we're going to talk about that and more. And what did he mean on this episode of the Resistance Broadcast? So thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm John. That's James. Uh, good luck to our co-host, Lacey Gillerin, who is uh, any today, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, as this giving birth is your to listening. her son. Yeah. So mm -hmm. make sure uh, as you listen to this episode... You take a moment and wish Lacey good luck online. I'm sure even sitting in a hospital bed, she will be on social media at some point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good luck to you, Lacey. Obviously, we talk to you almost every day and uh, uh, hope all is well and we'll see you soon. Um, but uh, yeah, James, we have to talk about this uh, on our main discussion later. Um, but first, to open things up here, um, I know, you know, we get into Star Wars and stuff, but Ghostbusters trailer. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I loved it, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, this was one of those things I was looking for a different trailer and I was like, did that come out? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, what is this? Oh, Ghostbusters. And the funny thing was, is that I started it and I saw it as an ad on YouTube earlier and I skipped it because I was like, I don't know what this is. This looks like mm -hmm. a car commercial or something. Like the way that it starts, it was just like, it's a scorcher. And I was like, all right, I don't know what that is, Skip. Um, and I was like, oh, this is that thing I saw earlier. That Interesting that it, I didn't put together that it was Ghostbusters. Regardless of that, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like, I didn't praise greatly Afterlife or anything. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like super pumped on it. I saw it. I saw it once. I would like to go back and maybe rewatch it again, sort of take in the lore a little bit more. Um, but I, I wasn't like totally amazed. Um, and then I only recently brought up, I was like, did, are they ever going to do another one? And I think you were like, yeah, they're filming it. Like it's already yeah. like really close. And I was like, oh, cool. So when the trailer came up, I was like, I got to check this out. And I got to say this, this excited me way more than afterlife. I was like, yeah, oh, that's me for Ghostbuster fans. But I saw this and I was like, everything about like the characters that are involved and how they're, you know, how they're dressed, the lines work, the fact that you're seeing the original Ghostbusters very clearly, whereas the last time it seemed like it was more of a cameo or a surprise. This one, they seem to be involved at least for a good, a significant portion. Well, Winston, the like the, the end credits of the first one, Winston's clearly uh, very successful in other businesses. So he's going to help them finance them. So he's going to be involved. Ray is clearly like the one who's going to be like the mentor to the kids. Yeah. And yeah, Venkman, the, Venkman probably pops the, in the, the lore person. Too, yeah. Like who can explain? I mean, that's in the trailer, but yeah, but Ray, he always yeah. was like that. They called him from his bookstore and stuff. Yeah. 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 And it, I like that it's back in New York. It definitely uh, gave uh, me feelings of the first two uh, and some of the ways it was shot. And you hear like a radio voice. It, it reminded me of some of the scenes from the original. Uh, so they, they, they're doing a good job of capturing that look while still being uh, modern. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it comes out in March. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. But yeah, uh, we're not talking about ghosts, maybe some force ghosts. But we are going to talk about Star Wars because that's our bread and butter here on TRB. So thanks, everybody who are joining us um, real quick before we get going. 
Uh, just make sure you're subscribed to our show. If we have a rating system on your audio platform, whether that's Spotify or Apple, please give us five stars and let us know what you think. Uh, and also subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. And if you're able to support us, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, we have a lot of bonus content that's ex- exclusively on Patreon. So if you like what we do and you want more, uh, we have many episodes. We chat about our polls and go over the results on that. Uh, we have bonus questions that we do. We have commentaries for the movies, some of the shows, uh, Discord server if you're staling on social media. So head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Just go right now. If you're like, oh, I hear you say this all the time. Seriously, <laughs> go go right now. Seriously, right now. Take a look. Tears start at five bucks. If you can support us, great. We appreciate it. If not, totally cool. But we thank you all who are able to back what we do here. Uh, James, first segment of the day. Let's get after it right now. I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. All right, will the force in this segment... We pitch questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in the Star Wars world, universe, whatever. Uh, In addition to the questions we write, TRB Patreon supporters can also submit questions and take uh, and that hopefully will make it onto the show. We're going to get started with some of those lucky Will the Force question submitters from our Patreon, uh, starting off with General Diana, uh, a.k.a. Fulcrum77, as we know, we're on the uh, the channels there That's right and i wanted to know will Andor season two be released in 2024 now i don't know if you want me to go first or not john go but ahead i was i i was like i gotta think about this and i went i went to wikipedia i did a whole chart i made a a, a notepad i like made this whole thing and i created it as like a resource and all this and I'm really I'm glad that I have this now to look at uh, more frequently. But basically what I did is I broke down everything that Disney Lucasfilm has released in the uh, television and film world, whether it's animated or not, and broke it down by they released this this year. It was this year to this year that they did like back to back for that show and stuff. And I, I wrote it all down. And um, I'll give a little bit more to this Will the Force question, but my answer to it is no, it's going to get pushed to early 2025. Um, But the thing that I have right now is for 2024, Skeleton Crew, Tales of the Jedi, and Acolyte in late fall 2024. And then Celebration 2025, where we get to see the first few episodes of Andor, if they want to do that. Or what was not. your 2024? Skeleton, Skeleton Crew, Crew. Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. John's giving thumbs up. He likes that one. Acolyte. I was counting. Acolyte. And then Celebration is 2025, and we'll get the first, maybe the first episode or something of Andor. What about and Bad Batch? We'll release when's that, there. When's that coming? Bad Batch Season 3. 25? And yeah, yeah. And I wrote Mando season four for 2025. That one's a little bit of a question mark. That yep. might be 2026, but it sort of lines up. That's a two year span. And they, the last one from two to three was a three year span. But the one before that was a one year turnaround. So it's like, even with book of Boba Fett, it was a three year from two to three. But I think even with Ahsoka doing a two year um 2023 to 2025 is probably fair for mando season four 
So, but all that to be yeah. said, get back <laughs> to the original thing. I think Andor season two is getting pushed to um, spring 2025. Oh, okay. Um, right around that celebration hmm. time, possibly like so, the exact same time released episodes for. So you're saying no, you're thing. just saying no, not no. being released in 2024. And I, I'm going to agree with you. I think especially with a show like Andor, which probably has the, uh, most weight to carry in terms of a post-production standpoint, um, just because of the the grandness of how that show is shot. Um, they had clearly had to take time off because of the strikes. Um, so if it was already slotted for August September 2024, you are that's going to get punted a few months. So I think that's going to be early 2025, though. That's where I'm at. Because I have a feeling they're going to be able to get Mando done in a year's time. Because most of what they did with Mando that took longer was during pandemic. And that's tricky. Uh, I think they can shoot in four months post-production in six to seven months and get that out. And I think that'll be something that'll be heavily um, marketed and talked about at Celebration 25. So I think Mando season four comes out after celebration maybe may the fourth ish but may 2025 will be mando season four mm-hmm. um with andor it's dark it's cold i can see it fitting with a winter release uh they're probably not banking on andor having a huge viewership so put it out in q1 so i think andor will come out in january february of 25 followed by Mando season four in May. So I'm also saying no to 2024 for Andor, but take your time, you know, make, make the show you need to make Tony. So, and I was, Mando so season let's, four let's later. Yeah. I was thinking uh, Mando season four fall. Oh, okay. And Interesting. the summer release going back to what they did for season one, they didn't do it for season two, but going back to what they did for season one, May 4th, the release for bad batch season three. Yeah. And it makes you realize as we think about how, quickly these calendars are going to turn that that Filoni movie is definitely a little ways away if we're talking about Mando coming out in 25 and you know yeah. so yeah. um all right cool I mean uh, thank you thank that, you Diana all of that, that still question. doesn't cover the movie which is right. 2026 I mean right we're talking two years in advance here and the movie's not even on the schedule yet and that's the first movie to come up so yeah. crazy all right another question for Will of the Force is will Lucasfilm uh well, while Lucasfilm did confirm that the crawl is coming back for future movies, the, the will is, will they alter it in any way to differentiate from the saga films? John, your answer is no, they won't. Right? Is it? Is it? Um, they will not alter it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it is an institution in itself. And I think the only, I mean, the all, the thing that will be altered is it won't say episode, you know, number it'll be part one or reset, you know, blank episode one or something like that, but it'll be the yellow font. It'll be the fading, uh, a long time ago in the blue text, the Lucasfilm shimmering logo, the yellow font, the blaring main theme, the classic yellow, uh, crawl all that will be there because it really is un it's it's unmatchable 
and it's it's just this legendary thing. I don't think they need to change with font colors or anything like that. I think it's good the way it is. Leave it exactly as it is. Because uh, that wouldn't be so odd and so jarring if you're like, all right, there it is. Long time ago, galaxy far, far away. The screen's black. And then all of a sudden it's like, green Star Wars. And you're like, what? Why is it green? <laughs> and that was going to be my point is like alter it in one way because when you say the classic thing, it's like, well... Like, I don't know. They're not going to do six paragraphs. They're not going to do blue, you know, the writing in blue or whatever. So I was like, and and here's the other thing, too, is, is John, how specific do you want to get? Because JJ changed the the crawl. He changed the font. Well, they're going to do it in Comic Sans, I think, is what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) and that's okay, just as long as it's yellow, (laughs) yellow. No, but he changed the font, which is interesting because it's not one. Did he? I I forgot about that. Yeah. Like nobody like really thinks about little things like that, but he was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, he chose to do it this way or or whatever. Um, And it's it's one of those things uh, that I think is too iconic that when they say we're bringing the crawl back, you have to have a promise that is being fulfilled there. You can't bring back the crawl and it's blue. You can't bring back the crawl and it doesn't say, uh, you know, lowercase, 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 all uppercase letter, you know, word first order, you know, or whatever, like how they do it. I just think it's wrong. They tried other things. They said they didn't work. So we're going to bring back the crawl. It's going to be exactly what you think it is, right? I do think it's interesting, though. Um, will they? Here's another like short-term. Will they? Will they say how they're going to approach it? Like, let's assume the next movie's not Episode Nine. Do you think they will say that like publicly? Like, oh, it's going to be part one of something, or do you think they're just going to like ignore that? And then the movie comes up and it just says like, you know, it says a new beginning, which we all know is the title and then like part whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like, how, do you think those will find that out at the crawl or do you think um, they'll like tell us that information beforehand? Or we'll do you think it's episode, what, I said nine, I'm mean, episode 10 is what I meant to say. No, we'll, we'll know what the title is before the movie comes out. It'll be revealed that trailer style where they split the Star Wars logo and they show. Right. But I don't know if the like they always called it Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, like episode nine was not part of it, but that's part of the crawl. It will be called Star Wars colon whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you don't think the Ray movie is episode 10? I don't think so. Okay. Although. I'm beating around the bush. That's not really what I'm asking. I'm asking something different, but that's ultimately the truth of what I'm asking. No, I'll be honest. It it would not surprise me at all. So. Yeah. All right. If if Disney can fool people into the feeling again, not, not to say that it wouldn't, won't be good or anything, but they could say like episode 10, continuing the story and like try to get that. I don't know, man. I just don't know how you do it. I just don't know how you do it. How do you do whatever they want to get butts in the seats? But um, anyway, what do we got? Um, We have another one coming from one of our patrons. This one is from Commander Stephen Bowman. Thanks, Uh, Stephen. Stephen sent us in the question, will Din Djarin make an appearance in Skeleton Crew? Uh, Man, my gut says no, uh, because if they're going to have any uh, connective tissue, sorry, 
if they're going to have connective tissue, um, I'd like it to be a different character. But what we talked about on Thursday's TRB Live, this seems like a lock. John, take it over because I got to drink some water. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, I think he will um, because I think they have an opportunity to have these four new kids interact with Grogu. And I think that could be something special. Uh, think Gremlins with Billy and Gizmo, uh, you know, anytime or Flight of the Navigator. Like think about anytime there's this weird creature with kids and how the kids get it. And but maybe the adults don't. I could. That's right in that the E.T. Like and they're saying this is an Amblin type of feeling. I think I think it would make a lot of sense to get Grogu in there. And if he's in there, I think Din Djarin's in there. So I think almost the question is, will Grogu make an appearance? And I think we've talked about it before in a previous episode, uh, but we've had like 5 million of these. So I'm not sure when we've talked about it, but uh, I do. I think he will make an appearance in Skeleton Crew. So while I agree with you, the one thing that you were talking about with the kids and the Grogu thing, while that makes a lot of sense, I feel... And no one, I still, I must be crazy because I don't think I've seen this anywhere else. But I remember watching the Skeleton Crew trailer and there is a scene that when the door opens up, they show Teak from the Star Wars Ewoks movies. Oh, wow. That character Teak. They open the door and he's there standing in the door. And no one's talked about that. But that's what I saw. I recognized him immediately. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Teak from. So they they're canonizing that creature, that character. So to me, OK, if that is the case, then it makes me think that that is Skeleton Crew's baby Yoda, the creature that the kids are going to interact with. <clears throat> so you think that, they're going to be um, on Endor? Well, he doesn't necessarily have to be on Endor. That's true. Yeah. They could they could do something else. Also, it doesn't necessarily have to be Teak specifically. It could be a creature of that species and they gave him a new name, but obviously it's a nod. Um, and also, too, if I remember correctly, that creature was like he was like a speedster. He would like like speed around. And I was like the the physics of that might not feel very Star Wars anymore. So I don't know if they would do that or not. But um, but again, so, nobody has said that. So and there were a lot of diehard Star Wars fans in that theater that saw that. So I might be crazy. But regardless, there was some small puppety creature that opened up. So it may not be Teak, but that well, could still be the thing that the kids interact with as that like Amblin puppet thing. I mean, you're, 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 you're reading the Teak leaves. <laughs> the Teak leaves? I'm reading between the, uh, the Endor Redwoods. I can't yes. see the forest through the Redwoods. Right. Um, yeah, so look into that if anybody else wants to try to find like a leaked trailer or something to so confirm that for me on Twitter. Uh, let me know, but we don't um, condone it. We don't condone it. We don't condone it, but it's out there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll look myself, but uh, let's see here. What's our last Will the Force question? And it's Will you buy your kids any Star Wars things for Christmas this year, John? Any chance? Uh, any uh, younger Hoey household members are going to get Star Wars toys? I think so. At least one. I, um, neither one has shown massive interest yet, but I still think they're too young. So I think that is coming with time. But it, 
if I see something that I'm like, oh, they're going to love this, then yes. So I, I can see myself buying something. It's just not going to be like a all a bunch of Star Wars stuff. It might just be one, maybe two things. But yeah, I think I definitely will. How about you? I don't think so. Um, I'm going to stick to the things that I know that he really likes or really wants. Um, so lots of Mario, lots of Pokemon, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I'm in the same boat with you. Uh, haven't really shown any great interest in Star Wars. Um, I almost feel, not saying that you're doing this, but I almost feel like if I were to buy him like a Star Wars thing, it would be like, come on, buddy. Like like the thing mm-hmm. that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And anytime I've ever attempted to do that, it just doesn't you know, work. And uh, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to do that with Star Wars you know, I've said that multiple times. Like, if he's not into Star Wars, that's fine. That's my thing. Um, I want him to be into his own stuff. So, yeah, if yeah. he doesn't have any interest in Star Wars, I don't want to go out there and try to buy him a, a toy and be like, "Oh, but you don't understand. The Mandalorian is so cool." You know. But then, then right. Christmas morning, he opens a gift, and Santa gets him a Star Wars thing anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's always fair. You know. Yeah. Um. So with that being said, let's wrap up Will of the Force this week and move on to the discussion. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, James. So when I pitched this idea, you were like, really? This? I actually, I just said I quit. You were out. Yeah. (laughs) But the discussion is, and... I'm not saying people haven't thought this or talked about it, but I haven't seen people really talk about this. And I was watching, I wasn't even is, the movie. Is it was, Teak in the Skeleton Crew trailer? Is that what the... Are we in a weird, uh, what do they call it? Um, when people think they see planes frozen in the sky or in the <laughs> Matrix or whatever, a simulation. Um, but the CD skipping on the TRV podcast. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, I think it was some sort of montage of clips. And I remember, uh, it had Obi-Wan's first lines in the Phantom Menace. And basically what we're trying to get to here is did Obi-Wan Kenobi sense Darth Sidious at the very beginning of the Phantom Menace. So the line, there it is. I have a bad feeling about this, says Obi-Wan in his very first line of the Phantom Menace. Now, the young Jedi goes on to explain his feeling that is quickly dismissed by his master, Qui-Gon Jinn. But is it possible that Obi-Wan was actually sensing Palpatine from the start and then diverted? Uh, Not on purpose or anything. I'm not saying it was maliciously done by Qui-Gon. But so let's talk about it. So, James, I'm going to read the exchange first verbatim, the quotes from the Phantom Menace. And then we can sort of dive into this and and not just this in a bubble of what this exchange is, but also what does that mean about Qui-Gon? What does that mean about Obi-Wan? Uh, what their inclinations are, their connections with the force, what it means to focus on the present. Is that bad? Is that good? Uh, we can really branch it out, but here we go. So here's how it went down. Obi-Wan says, I have a bad feeling about this. And Qui-Gon says, I don't sense anything. Obi-Wan. It's not about the mission, Master. It's something elsewhere, elusive. Qui-Gon, don't center on your anxiety, Obi-Wan. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. Obi-Wan, but Master Yoda says I should be mindful of the future. Qui-Gon, but not at the expense of the moment. Be mindful of the living force, my young Padawan. Obi-Wan, yes, Master. 
How do you think the trade viceroy will deal with the chancellor's demands? And Qui-Gon said, these Federation types are cowards. The negotiations will be short. So my take on it is that he was sensing Darth Sidious and this darkness, this plan, but sort of like how Yoda says, like you can sense things, but it's clouded. It's uh, always in motion. So he probably wasn't seeing, you know, some boy being thwarted or turned or, you know, the Order 66 or anything like that. But he sensed something wrong, something dark, something foreboding. And I like the fact that that line of Qui-Gon saying, I don't sense anything. And Obi-Wan says, it's not about the mission. It's something elsewhere elusive. And uh, Qui-Gon sort of tells him like, no, you got to keep your focus right here. And then Obi-Wan going, well, Yoda said I should be mindful of the future. And then Qui-Gon's like, no, 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 no. Not, not at the expense of what's happening right now. So it's almost like, I don't want to say Qui-Gon hindered some of Obi-Wan's connection with the Force and seeing the future, but a little bit um, for the sake of how the Jedi operated, which is to not look at, to the future, to always be in the present. You know, like Yoda said to Luke, this one I've watched a long time, all his life as he looked away to the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was, what he was doing. It seems like the whole uh, creed of the Jedi was live in the now. And this is what matters now. But Obi-Wan was feeling something. And then, of course, soon after this, Sidious pops up talking to the Viceroy. Uh, so I'm buying in on this whole thought. Uh, but I want to see what you make of it. Um, you didn't seem to be too terribly into the idea of the discussion. But what do you think of the just the idea in a vacuum that Obi-Wan, uh, was, was it Sidious that he was sensing? Yeah, my, my thoughts on the discussion was a little bit more like it didn't seem even remotely like topical. It was just very like random scene. And I was joking like like the discussion, um, while it has a proper title and a, obviously it's very thought through, my joke was sort of like, what was – what was Obi-Wan thinking at this one <laughs> particular moment in Star Wars? And it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what he was thinking, but let's talk for an hour about it or whatever. But uh, <laughs> but here, here's, here's the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, uh, we actually talked with Lacey about this very, very, um, very quickly, very loosely. And she, her point of view was she never – took it that way but now that you say it it makes perfect sense kind of like the gi joe things like um if anybody knows what, what i'm talking about yeah what is that <laughs> don't, don't worry about that if you get it you get it but if you don't i don't want to explain it but um but it's like if you present it in that light then yeah it sort of makes sense and i agree with her because i think that that is what George Lucas was doing for Obi-Wan. He wanted to paint Obi-Wan in a light that he was very wise and very open to certain things like that. But I also have a little bit of a hang up on that. This was, this was in fact like Obi-Wan being so force present that he was able to sense Palpatine to say, and it almost feels like, 
Um, I'm not the biggest Obi-Wan fan, so I don't want it to come off like I'm just being an Obi-Wan hater, but I feel like we're giving Obi-Wan too much credit in this moment. Like, so, there's well, so many other Jedi Masters out there who would easily be able to be in tune with something, and I think that this really ultimately like it may let, let's have the discussion. Do we think it's George really writing this in for Obi-Wan Kenobi's character? Or do we think that it was just supposed to be um, a young, a young Padawan who was still sort of learning how to be a Jedi. And he's like, I can't, the, his way of phrasing, it's not about the mission. It's something else is just a way to be like, I can't really put my finger on it. There's nothing that I can point to. Like, it's not this mission. There's nothing wrong with our what we're doing right now. But I'm just nervous. You know, mm. I'm nervous about the situation. And I just, I feel uncomfortable. And I don't feel, I feel like it's giving Obi-Wan too much credit to be like, oh, he was able to sense that the force presented itself to him prevented the whole plan to him and he was picking up on it very lightly. You know, I don't know. It just feels like it's too much. Well, I don't think it's specific. I think it was a feeling. I think he sensed something dark. I don't know that Obi-Wan knows what the dark side feels like because the Sith were extinct for a millennium or whatever it was, according to Kiadi Mundi. But he felt something different with the force that he didn't like. And the fact that he used the word elusive, which means hard to catch, difficult to find. Uh, it's almost like it's, I want to compare it to like when you have a thought and it's on the tip of your tongue and you know, it's there somewhere, but you can't figure it out. So he knows something's not right. He's not, I'm not saying Obi-Wan's sitting there saying like something about, Senator Palpatine of Naboo just popped into my head. I'm not sure what it is. I think he just felt something, a darkness. And he's not sure what it is, but he had to tell Qui-Gon about it because he never felt it before. And I, I think that's the extent of it. But that's all it needs to be. And I do think it was on purpose. I mean, aside from a, aside from the surface level element of George Lucas saying like, I want to feed the fans the thing, which is the, I have a bad feeling about this. And I want to do it. I was it just about to say like all the, that all can be very the real. subsequent like dialogue yeah. is that just because he wanted to say the line at the beginning, the first line, and then they have to make sense of that line. So sure. he kind of wrote in some things. And to just that's very real it. because I think George Lucas is as guilty as anybody in, when it comes to fan service in star Wars. Uh, the fact that 3PO and R2 were there in the prequels is is crazy. And the fact that they have Yoda knowing Chewbacca and Han almost shows up. And I mean, he, he's just as guilty as anybody of doing fan service. Um, and I love it. So when I say guilty, I mean, he does it just like anybody else does that people critique. Um, but if fan service is a crime, count me guilty. <laughs> yeah. Lock me up and throw away the key um service this fan right here um <laughs> but because Qui-Gon's his master and Qui-Gon seems to be even though he's sort of this rebellious Jedi in a way where he likes to march to the beat of his own drum which we see evidence of as he pushes back he's not a part of the council he's a little, little bit of uh the a rebellious Jedi in a sense uh he's still part of that ilk of 
what he was trained to do, which is focus on the now and uh, really just following the teachings of Yoda that we learned in the original trilogy. But if it wasn't for Qui-Gon to keep reminding Obi-Wan to focus on the now, could Obi-Wan have kept exploring that thought and discovered something a lot sooner? Like if Obi-Wan got to be Obi-Wan from Attack of the Clones, where he's a detective and he's on his own, granted for other reasons, but if he got to do that in Phantom Menace, you know, would he have gotten closer to something uh, than he did uh, otherwise? So I just think that hypothetical is interesting um, paired with the fact that I am buying the idea that it was Sidious he was sensing, but he didn't know it. I'm, I'm, I think. Because the, the word elusive to is very, are you getting? Uh, in, in terms of what? Because my thing is like, when I hear that line, I, I am willing to like, sort of just generally accept that maybe Obi-Wan is picking up on the, just like, forget that the force exists. Like, let's just say that the, these are two people on a mission. The line and the dialogue of everything that's still going on, say they're both spies or something, right? And they just go into the room. It's like, I feel like one spy could say, I've got a bad feeling about this. It's nothing about the mission. We've planned it out. We obviously know what we're doing here. Like, I don't think anything's going to go wrong. But I still have this weird feeling. And then when something does go wrong... It we just would chalk that up to oh he had an intuition, right? But I think because the force does exist, we're now assigning it to what was what was it? What was the thing that put off the intuition? And I don't think it's supposed to be anything really more than just like a general intuition. But because the force exists in this world, we're assigning it to a force thing that he's picking up on. And if it is a force thing, what is it? And if we have to go the force route, I'm still going to say he, maybe it was just the fact that he was sensing that the mission wasn't going to go as planned. Everything on paper looked fine. So he was like, it's not about the mission, but it was in fact about the mission. He just couldn't put his finger on it. I don't think, I don't think it's something like Kim like really when you dive down to it, yeah, I guess Palpatine's at the end of why the mission didn't go properly. But I don't, what I'm trying to say is I don't think, I don't think uh, Palpatine at this time has like a Wi-Fi signal. That's <laughs> that Obi-Wan's able to like pick up on. No. And I, I believe Obi-Wan when he says it's not about the mission, I think he is close enough to the trials of becoming uh, a Jedi Knight where he can differentiate and understand and compartmentalize his, uh, his senses. Um, I don't think he meant he sensed Sidious in terms of disrupting their, what they were trying to do. I think he means just overall this disruption in the force, uh, you know, uh, what did Vader call it in A New Hope? Disturbance? A tremor. A tremor. A tremor. A tremor in the force. Like he felt something that he probably never felt before. That's why he couldn't identify it. Uh, and he said the word elusive, which uh, I think really has the most weight out of all of these to point to um, 
it being Sidious. Um, it's just a cool way. Like if you buy in on it, I'm not saying everyone should. I think it's also one of those things where maybe there is an answer. Maybe George Lucas would be like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Or, or it's just up to interpretation. So I'm just, I'm not sitting here saying like, I think this is it. And I think everyone should get on board with it. I'm saying now me going forward, when I watch it, I'm watching it as though Obi-Wan did sense this from the very beginning. He didn't know what it was. And then he finally, in Revenge of the Sith, he starts saying things to Anakin like, be careful about your friend Palpatine, all that stuff. I don't know. I the My question would be that, I, that would give me so much closure and I would love to know is, did Obi-Wan remember that feeling? And if he did, that would prove that that is what that was. But I'm also glad that that was not answered because now it's up to our interpretation. I'm totally cool if people are like, I don't think that that is what he was sensing. That's totally fine with me. I just like the idea of talking about it. I, this is what's fun to me. Because um, no, there's no, unless George Lucas says it, there's no right or wrong answer. It's still vague. It's up to interpretation. It's art, what have you. Mm-hmm. But it seems, how do you put that as the very first thing you get out of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the most recognizable character from the original trilogy in this new set of movies uh, without it being, uh, we want to make sure the audience uh, notices this. So I'm leaning towards, and if someone knows, you know, if George Lucas did an interview about this, (laughs) please, you know, let us know because I haven't seen anything. Um, So I'm just going at this from not knowing, Uh, but I'm, I'm in on it. I like it. And to me, it as you were saying about obi-wan we don't want to give him too much credit as a young jedi but he was close to being a jedi knight and he's obi-wan kenobi i feel like he is from the outs out of story perspective he is the epitome of what a jedi should be uh he he never wavered never flirted with darkness uh you can't even say that about luke anymore i don't i i would never say obi-wan flirted with darkness you can say it all you want but I think Obi-Wan Kenobi was always, for the most part, on the straight and narrow and always did, was always like the model, the model picture of what a Jedi should be. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I don't want to turn it into like a why we like Obi-Wan or or we don't, but like, I I think so, man, I just feel like so many things about Obi-Wan are like, oh, he's the greatest. He never did this. And I'm like, he does that all the time, you know? Oh, you know? Like, um, like well, one thing is like, I know he never like, you know, you say like Luke stood above Ben with the lightsaber. He never like stood over Luke, but it, but he did the same thing that, uh, Luke did. Like he cut himself off from the force. He obviously was like so depressed and stuff. He never stood strong in the force. You know what I mean? He didn't, he wasn't like going up against that. He obviously failed multiple times. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't understand why this is such a great Jedi, but, but the greatest teacher failure is. Yeah. You know who said I that? Just, um, Qui-Gon. <laughs> no. I, I just, I feel like nothing against you and nothing against I take personal um, Star on, Wars but- in general because I do like this sometimes, but this particular thing feels like a little bit of a revisionist thing where like I'm not entirely positive that that was the intent but fans 
who like Obi-Wan and want Obi-Wan to be that um, would easily be able to use this line as evidence of like, see, see why he's so great. He saw the whole thing coming. And if, and if Qui-Gon would have only just let him Mm -mm. uh, tap into that, they could have, he could have, um, or the Jedi as a whole could have done better. And this is evidence that the Jedi were doing really, really bad at the time. And like, I just don't, I, that's not to me that's not the story of the the fall of the jedi you know i just don't i don't think the jedi were doing the wrong things i think the jedi were infiltrated oh. and destroyed from the inside i think that they were doing the wrong things though i think that's where we differ a bit um but I see think- that's that but that's you saying that qui-gon was not letting Obi-Wan be who he needed to be because he's the best. And I'm like, that's just writing Obi-Wan up to be a great character when he's not a great character because it's not what happened on the screen. I I mean, I think there's some truth to that, though. And I think they even say, like, you know, the, you know Mace Windu admits, you know, we may have to, you know, admit that we have lost um, some of our connection with the Force or, or what have you. But I... I don't know. I keep thinking about it and what else could it be? Um, Cause I, I believe when he says it's not about the mission, I think that I don't think he would be confused about that. So what else could he be sensing that is elusive that gives him a bad feeling? You know, I'm trying to think of what it could be. I don't think it's like Anakin. Cause then you're talking about, okay, so he's thinking about this boy who then, becomes this and then becomes this and then becomes Darth Vader. He's sensing the guy who is already existing. He's there. Darth Sidious is happening. It is a person. He's there. We see him two minutes later. Uh, so it's, it's not a thing he's where he's not has to, there look, though. He, no, he's there in that timeline. He's fully realized Darth Sidious right. is a thing. He's an active presence in the galaxy enough for Obi-Wan to, to sense it. But again, completely vague. He's not sure what it is. He says it's elusive. So he, it, that's Lucas telling us he does know what it is, but something's wrong. I, and the movie's called The Phantom Menace. You know, what, what, what's a synonym of elusive? You know, phantom. Like can't see it, can't achieve it, can't find it. It wouldn't shock me for George Lucas to say, like, how do I set the table on this whole Phantom Menace thing, let me go to the character everybody knows. A part of the reason why people are coming back is to see young Obi-Wan Kenobi in this first movie. And Darth Maul, of course, this new character. Uh, well, let's have him set the table here and say, like, just I, I have a bad feeling about something. I just don't know what it is. And then say, all right, we're going to put that on the shelf for a bit. Let's carry on with this adventure and we'll revisit that later. The more I talk about it, the more I think about it, it makes sense, especially with how deliberate the title is pointing to Palpatine as the, the only, phantom menace. The only thing that wins me over that I could be like, okay, that was the intention, is if George buys this. And if George was saying, Oh, I know. I, I Yeah, 100%. But yeah, if I, George was like, yes, I love Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I wanted him to be picking up on all of this, all of the stuff that's going to happen in the next six movies was 
I wanted the movie to start off with Obi-Wan Kenobi, this character we love, all the fans love him. I wanted him love to him. be the one that's picking up on it all. If I like if he said that vaguely, I'd be like very, okay. very vaguely. I know, but like um by the way, anytime anybody ever says very vaguely, uh, years ago when I was very young, my family had a family friend whose name was Barry Bagley. <laughs> so anytime anybody ever says very vaguely, we all go like, oh, Barry Bagley. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, 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 man, I just, I can't, I, I just feel like there's, and why while you're talking to I'm like trying to come up with like this example of something where like I know he says it's not about the mission but it was about the mission that's what went wrong the mission did go wrong he was he wasn't sensing palpatine he was sensing something wrong with the mission but when he says the words it's not about the mission he means because everything on paper looks right i don't i can't say oh, no. this one line item doesn't sit with me because everything on the paper looks right and my example with that is like okay the you hear me out i'm going to go on a wild thing okay so there's a lake and unbeknownst to anybody, a team of people came in and they removed all the fish from the lake. But then the next morning, two fishermen go to the lake and that one of the fishermen says, I've got a bad feeling about today. Like we're not going to catch any fish. And he's like, or, or he says, I've got a bad feeling about today. And he's like, what do you think? We're not going to catch any fish. And he goes, no, it's not that. We obviously know what we're doing. We have all of our gear, you know, we, we, you know, we have the boat, the boat, we checked it. We double checked it last night. Obviously we know it's going to float. We're going to get out there. We've got all the time in the world because our mm -hmm. wives are gone. You, you know, this is our vacation time. Everything mm -hmm. on paper lines up. So it's not about us fishing, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. something feels weird. Ultimately that feeling that that person's talking about is because somebody came in and took all the things, uh, the fish out of the water. And you can attribute it to that after the fact, but, we're holding on to this line of him saying it's not about it's not about the fishing trip. We have all the stuff. He says it's not about the mission. Everything on paper, everything that we know about the mission lines up with what we're doing. But I still feel like something's wrong. I feel like it is about the mission because the mission's going to go wrong. And you don't know it yet because unbeknownst to you, someone has stolen all the fish out of the lake. Someone is doing something that's wrong. And no, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. So you're still saying it's not about the mission. It's not obviously everything we're doing is still correct. I still think we're taking all the right steps. So it's not that, but it's not like I think we're, we're doing the wrong thing, but we're doing the right thing. Even if it, even if that is the case and it is about the mission, but he doesn't realize it, it's still about Sidious in even a more direct way. Because Sidious is the one who said, kill the Jedi immediately. So <laughs> either way you look at it, is he sensing that or just sensing uh, a tremor in the force? And I'm still on the bigger general scale feeling that he's having because it's the first thing out of his mouth. The first thing Obi-Wan says and canonically in live action, it means something. And it's supposed to grab you. If he had said it 10 lines in, maybe it's different. But for that to be the first thing, face reveal, I have a bad feeling about this. 
and then saying it's something elusive. I can't pinpoint what it is. The movie's called The Phantom Menace. Uh, to me, that's it's Obi-Wan sensed something was wrong. And I do think maybe that was George Lucas saying, like, I want to give Obi-Wan some love here. So I'm not really sure where I'm landing because I'm I'm also still on that. I'm I'm still sort of buying there isn't something relating to the force. And it's just a Padawan having a bad feeling about an intuition about the feeling. So take the force out of it Mm -hmm. and just say there's no way. Like if we were watching a different movie and somebody says, I have a bad feeling about this mission, we wouldn't be able to attribute to maybe he felt the villain through the spiritual realm. You know, it's like it doesn't have anything to do with this movie. They're bank robbers. And one of them got a bad feeling. And then the the heist was busted because it was a trap or something. Right. That intuition that he's feeling. Yeah, we're sort of attributing it to the force because they live in Star Wars. But but I, then. I don't think you so add that I'm line. Sort of it's not about the mission. Multiple things. You you just go all the way to the bad feeling he's having must be him sensing the bad thing in the in the force, and then you go beyond that to say it's not just the bad thing, but it's the source of the bad thing that is ultimately the thing that he's picking up on, sure. and he is the lone Jedi in the whole galaxy that's able to pick up on this because every other Jedi master is completely clueless and they're unable to pick up on that. I think it's too far of a stretch to say we're giving Obi-Wan too much credit to say he was able to pick up on this. It's more likely to me that it's just a young Padawan learner saying, I've got a bad feeling about this. There's something that just doesn't feel right. And it's like, it's not it's not a bigger picture because the force isn't putting that off at this moment. He's just, mm, but even Yoda, uh, but doesn't pick up on this. I know, but Yoda, Qui-Gon, all those dinosaurs, uh, were always saying, focus on the moment right now where you are. So that teaching and that, belief and that creed does limit exploring other things that could be that you are feeling. Um, I I think there are similarities between what Obi-Wan's dealing with here and what Luke was dealing when he was levitating Yoda and the rocks and saying he saw a city in the clouds, Han, Leia, they're in trouble. And Yoda says, that's the future you see. But he's like telling him like, you know, everything can change. You got to focus on your skills, focus on your training, focus on what you're doing. So it, it, it would make sense to me for Yoda to not take it that far because um, he trusts the force and he's not going to bring fear or worry into his mind about this thing. Whereas Obi-Wan is still kind of green. Uh, he's bringing it up because he's unsure of it and he trusts Qui-Gon more than anyone. So he wants to get his like read on it. And Qui-Gon saying, you know, your, 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 your anxiety's got the hold of you here. Keep your concentration right here in this moment. Uh, so, And I've, I still stand on that's what Jedi should do. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, that, I don't think it's a wrong teaching either yeah. that, that they, you know, the way the Jedi were teaching their, their, their learners, the next generation of Jedi, I feel like was a very successful process for thousands of years. And they did a very good job at keeping, I mean, we have the high Republic where they're trying to build it up like, Oh no, the galaxy was under attack and stuff. But like generally 
the Jedi did a very good job of keeping the galaxy at bay. I think what makes Palpatine such a great villain is he infiltrated and broke all that down. Sure. And so I'm like, it's not that the Jedi were making mistakes. It's not like if you train a task force of Navy SEALs to do the right thing and someone's like, hmm, I know how the Navy SEALs train. I'm going to come up with a way to break them that's outside of what they're expecting. So they go out of their way to figure out a way to break that Mm. SEAL team. And it's like that just shows how good of a villain that person is. It's not that the SEAL team was doing anything wrong. They were taking all the right tactics that have worked forever against all sorts of scenarios. Those are the best ways to handle. I agree. Handling the galaxy as a whole. They, They were doing it right. It's not that their doctrine was wrong and they were falling away. It's that somebody implanted a virus into their their system and it's Palpatine and he's right there and no one can see it, but the virus is spreading and they don't know how to fix it. We're, I'm, I'm turning, we're not turning, I'm turning it into this other thing where I, I defend the Jedi code and where, what they were doing. And I don't like when people say that they were doing it wrong and that, Ray's going to fix all that and do it uh, like Jedi should be able to have attachments. No, (laughs) I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's a bad idea. And the one time that it did happen and get really close. Also, Obi-Wan had attachments and he was about to leave the order. So having an attachment, even in Obi-Wan's situation, was going to lead to him leaving or abandoning this concept that was the Jedi. So if all of them were doing that and mm -hmm. all of them left for their wives or their kids or their whatever, then the Jedi code can't stand firm as a group of people. It's the attachments that would take them away from that. Anyway, yeah. regardless, I so I, again, I, I think Qui-Gon's doing the right thing and he's focusing on here. It is Palpatine, I guess, at the source of all of it, but I just think all this line is a, a reference to is I feel like something's going to go wrong and I don't want to give him this grandeur of like, he picked up on the whole plan. It's like, I just literally think it was like a kid being like, something feels wrong. I don't, I've never said, I, I think he picked up on the whole plan or he like was going to figure it out soon. But you're saying think- he sense he's sensing Palpatine up to no good. And no other Jedi can do that. No, I'm not saying he's sensing Palpatine. I'm saying he's sensing Palpatine. He doesn't know that he's... (laughs) Let me finish. All right. He he doesn't know that he's sensing Palpatine. I understand that. I'm not saying... I'm not saying... I just want to make that clear because it sounds like you're putting those words in my mouth that I'm saying he sensed Palpatine and and, and, no, I'm not saying... Yeah, to to uh, be clear, I know that you know... Obi-Wan never said, I don't trust that guy. I think and, he's well the until one. the third yeah. movie. Until the third right, movie. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 I I totally understand that you're saying he's picking up on something that's bad. Okay. Well, what's the bad thing? You're well, saying, I know. Well, it's and Palpatine. I got and I'm you, like, dude. so he's and, sensing Palpatine. He senses the bad thing. The bad thing is Palpatine. He's sensing Palpatine. That's I, what I'm getting at. I don't see any reason for that dialogue to to essentially kick off the movie because the dialogue between the pilots and Qui-Gon mean nothing. Like the, the substantial dialogue starts off with Obi-Wan taking his hood off and saying, I have a bad feeling about this. You're starting your movie, the real meat of the movie with that. I, 
I don't think you Lucas starts a story off that way just so the audience understands that Obi-Wan feels bad about what's about to happen right now on this droid federation ship. I think it's bigger than that. Uh, and when I, again, think about the title of the movie and that whole, the elusiveness of what a phantom is and the, this, there's a menace, we don't know what it is. You know, it's the phantom menace. I, I think that's him setting the table with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm more convinced than not than, than when I went into this discussion. But at the same time, I want to be clear, like, that's just how I'm going to interpret it. I'm not saying that's definitely how Lucas did it unless until he unless he ever comes out and says he did. Um, but I also am totally cool with you not uh, picking up on that. I'm going to watch it that way um, and interpret it that way. Um, and I think it's totally cool if people don't, you know? Yeah. I think like what it sort of comes down to is there's sort of like levels because I a hundred percent agree that the line is foreshadowing. It's there to foreshadow the fact that he is sensing something that is not going to go right. But then the levels of that, um, are like, well, is he just saying that just like how any normal person, I said that before, like take the force out of it, how any normal person would be like, man, I just get, have a weird feeling about this. Then there's the other level of there's the force and, and, and is he just sensing some sort of like bad ripple in the force that quite, but the question for me is then, then why isn't Qui-Gon picking up on that? And then you have to get into all this doctrine, what the Jedi were doing at the time and, all of it just lines up to like, I just don't really buy that. And I think it's a lot easier to Occam's razor and just go back to like the kid just being like, I I mean, literally it's the line. I've got a bad feeling about this. And it's nothing more with like this, the, like they said, this grandeur, not that you're painting it necessarily that way, but like Obi-Wan best Jedi ever was able to pick up on things that other Jedi were not able to because the Jedi doctrine is wrong. And Qui-Gon was trying to teach him something that is the wrong way to handle the force. And all of this comes from one line. That's just, I think on paper, literally supposed to be as simple as, is just like (laughs) foreshadowing to like this mission isn't going to go the way that we think it's going to, I mean, it's, this thing, this part is not, in my opinion, not subjective. I think the whole, like one of the main points of the prequel trilogy is that the Jedi did fail massively. And even Yoda himself, one of the last lines he has in the whole trilogy is failed. I have into exile. I must go. Um, Obi-Wan telling Anakin, I failed you, Anakin. I failed you like that. The, the, all of those. Yeah. And then Mace Windu saying like, we need to uh, admit that, we've lost some of our connection can, with the force. Like you can all still of these fail big, and, but still doing everything right. Uh, they, I, okay. I don't think they were doing everything right. I think how they handled how Mace window window treated and handled Anakin was terrible. Uh, I think the pressures they put on him were bad. I don't know about that, man. I, I, that, that's, that's, I mean, well, that's, that's so that's, crazy to me. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's the way opinion. he was handling that's, Anakin the entire time was right. No, like, it they should have told the kid, 
They Horrible. should have told the kid, you're too old. You've no. got too many connections to your mother. I then sense something dark in you and we shouldn't be pursuing this. They've said that from the very beginning. Then, guess then what why, happened? Then why, they did then why pursue Yoda, it. Then why did nobody want Yoda to train Luke? What? Who's 10 years older than Anakin, if Anakin was too old. I. That's all. That's all. How do you fix a situation that's already been broken? Exactly. Because you broke it. No, Palpatine broke it. No, Palpatine. The Jedi saw, didn't. Palpatine saw the weakness, took advantage of it like a true predator. That's no, no, no. He didn't see the weakness. He I mean, saw. You can view it how you want to view it, but I'm going to view it how I view it. And yeah. the way I understand, you know, uh, themes and how s- patterns and storytelling. They wanted Lucas wanted to make it clear that all of these Jedi who were on this big penthouse on the top of the sky, it's, it's just like the, our government was made for the people by the people. And now all these people in office are all millionaires. They're all well-intentioned, right? But they're all millionaires. And they're all billionaires. And that's like not what was envisioned. I see the Jedi the same way. They weren't supposed to be on this unreachable skyscraper in this private room secluded Wait, from everybody. So the uh, Jedi's are the so the Jedi are the bad guys. Palpatine's the bad guys. actually the one no, who's no. bringing them down. No, the Jedi are not the bad guys. They are well intentioned, but they've lost their way. Clearly, uh, that doesn't line up for me. That doesn't make sense. Uh, to that's me. okay that it doesn't line up for you. That's how the story plays out. They're, I mean, <laughs> for year for generations, these guys were heroes of the galaxy. Everybody right. looked up to them. Everybody wanted to be a Jedi. It made right. a lot of sense, and they were fine doing the way they were doing. Somebody came in, got under their skin, just like um, what's his name from a Civil War. Like somebody figured out how to break the Avengers. The Avengers are not the bad guys, but somebody got figured out the way to break them up, start I, making them question what's going on because we don't know. Why are we mad at each other? Why are we screaming at each other? Why are well, we fighting at each this. other? It's like, it's Palpatine. It's not me. It's not you. It's not let how we've handled our lives. It's this other thing. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Palpatine hindered the Jedi's ability to use the Force? Do I think... Oh, man. Let's see. Do I think Palpatine hindered their ability to use the Force? N- no. But I think that because of his actions... It made them question themselves. Okay. Because it's like Palpatine gaslighting something, gaslighting him. It's like the person who's being gaslit is like, I'm not, I'm not the problem, but for some reason I feel like I'm the problem and it's causing problems in my life mentally. I'm having all this anxiety and pressure because this other person is doing something to me and it's not my fault. It's this other person that's doing this to me. It's not my life and my choices. So yeah, so I think a but lot it's of people, causing them to. I think a lot of people created Darth Vader. I think Anakin is the most to blame because ultimately you have to, you know, be responsible for your decisions and your choices. I think Palpatine's second most to blame, and I think the Jedi are third to blame. Um, and why I asked you about Palpatine. And what your thoughts on whether he could affect their ability to use the force is because that line I was trying to find this whole episode, I just cheated and Googled. And what Mason, <laughs> what Mason Windu said is, I think it is time we informed the Senate that our ability to use the force has diminished. So now you have them admitting right. that the force ain't vibing with them anymore. 
And now that's well, either Palpatine, a, either Palpatine's doing that to them, which says even more about them that they're weaker than him, or that the force is like you guys lost your way. Here's <laughs> my thumbs up. You yeah. guys lost. You guys lost your way so much that I'm not connecting with you guys anymore. Uh, now I and the then way you have I, hold on. Go ahead. And then you have Obi Wan telling Anakin, "I failed you." And you I have Yoda so. admitting to Bail Organa, I, f- I failed. I'm out. Right. It's like, it's a theme throughout the movie. They failed. But, the, but so, so, the, but anyway, so there's, the, way off there's a, path. I know there's a business, right? And the business is fairly successful and there's all the managers and they've oh, all been doing their man. jobs and they've been there a long time, but somebody comes in and starts stealing money and sabotaging all of their plans and everything. And, and all the new products that are coming in are all ruined because they don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, who does the blame fall on? Because they can't point the finger at the person who's sabotaging everything because they're sabotaging in secret. So who does the blame fall on? It falls on all of the managers and the managers go going like, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, we used to be good at this work. job and we're not good at it anymore. And I think it's at this point that we're going to have to say, I'm sorry, I, I guess I resign. I, I, I but, can't fix the problems. But, I don't know what's right. going on. But that and I think that's Mace Windu saying, I think we're going to have to admit to the Senate that we've lost our way. We don't know what's going on. And it's all of our fault. We've failed. I know people are going to say I failed, but like when those people, when those managers get fired, it's not because they failed or they were doing anything wrong. It's because somebody is sabotaging this company from in, from in internally and, and nobody knows how to point but, any finger. So they all have to take the blame on themselves. But he wasn't internal. Palpatine. It was totally internal. He's no. been there like Palpatine's been there like moving all the pieces and tricking them and playing them what against Palpatine each other did, the whole time. Well, well what Palpatine did <laughs> is sway public opinion against the Jedi. Sort of like it happened in yeah. Batman too. No way, man. Yes. He, like he's making all these deals and, and he's, he's moving things everything, around and he's yeah, convincing so, so the Jedi to do this. And then they're like, yeah, on paper, that sounds everything, great, man. I guess we'll go with that. But it's like, it's a bad deal. Everything he did was calculated. So we all right. know that. We all understand that. Everything he did. But I don't like the analogy you gave. That'd be like a current Jedi. Because you're assuming that the managers are bad. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're Jedi. I, they're the I, good just like good, I just like good analogies. So your analogy would be <laughs> if a current Jedi stole 50 lightsabers. And they're like, we don't know where the lightsabers are. Let's fire the guy in charge of inventory for our, for our lightsabers. That's what that analogy is. I think this that I think the different. Jedi in charge of lightsabers would be like, I'm sorry, but I have to step down because I don't know where all the lightsabers all right, are. Anyway. It's on my watch. Back to the. Yeah, I do think the, that would happen. But I also don't think it was stolen by a Jedi. I think it was stolen by somebody trying to sabotage the Jedi right. and make them get mad at each other for losing all the lightsabers. Well, well, then if the Jedi are getting mad at each other, that sounds like they've lost their way, doesn't it? <laughs> what are you Boom. talking about? Boom! <laughs> Dude, what are you talking about? Boom! It's All not right. boom. Back to the point. Back to the point. Okay. Why why we went down this tangent is because we felt like Qui-Gon uh sort of off of the path of where Obi-Wan maybe wants to go um with his feelings. And and that's fine. But and, and we had fun sparring back and forth on this. I'm totally cool sure. with you having your lane on this. I see the prequels and part of that story being that the Jedi did fail 
and uh, that Palpatine was certainly a part of it, but ultimately, the you know, it's like when it's like they're like the Superman of this story. Like when you see that those heroes fail, it's got to be on them. So, um, but ultimately, I I I like this idea that Obi Wan sensed something, but George knew enough to your point to not give him everything, but just to let the audience know that like, wow, he sensed something. And then they were, it's like, it's like in a movie when they're, you know, they're about to go uh, on a fork of the road and they accidentally take the one, if they they just took the one on the right, they would have been perfect, but they took the one on the left and they went down this horrible path for 90 minutes. It's like they, they could have, what could have been the phantom menace, the elusive feeling. I don't know what it is, but I, I have a bad feeling about it. And Obi and Qui Gon's like, forget that. Stay, stay here. We got a job to do. He's like, all right, all right, okay, fine. Um, so, I, and again, I'm just talking about it from my vantage point. I 100% down with how you see it, dude. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to explain why I see it the way I see it. Um, I, and I, I also got to say, I totally I know what you're getting at. And I, I hope and I think that when people listen to this episode, we're going to have so many people that w- strongly side with me and strongly side with you. Uh, yeah, probably. But hopefully everyone sees it as just it's OK to yeah. think one way or the other. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I I will also I will also admit though that I think if if you were to pull people or whatever the general consensus of of Star Wars or how people understand it is the way I think you understand it and it and it makes me pull my hair out because I go like I just don't know why we think that the good guys were bad guys the I bad guy was the no, bad guy <laughs> no no one thinks they're the bad guys no one thinks they're the bad guys you can make mistakes and fail without being a bad guy that's the whole that's the whole point of being a good person well, is they were learning from your faults people and, and their tower and you know i mean i just i don't see it that way i feel as they were guardians well not very monkish that's all i'm gonna say to have a penthouse in the middle of the the city but anyway um this they was didn't have this, attachments this very was monk-ish. a cool this was a cool discussion <laughs> um little star wars worry but not bad yeah uh but i hope everyone enjoyed it hope everyone liked it i actually i i had a fun time I still I still think we need to bring back Star Wars War the way not we used to do it, but the way that I, you probably don't even remember how I pitched. I do it remember. Privately. Yeah. You want to okay. do like uh, screen fights, whatever that was called. I Well, I don't know. I don't know what they do, but my general pitch was that we we choose two options and then you have to roll and defend whichever one either. Yeah, even, exactly. even if you don't even if you don't agree with that way, you've got to. Yeah. You've got to come at it from the perspective. Yeah, it was like TV fights or one. Yeah, one of those things. Like Stream if I fight. rolled the dice that the Jedi lost their way or something, I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But I I know the rhetoric to say yeah. that could possibly win an argument. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I do too. Because we'd all get a laugh out of me being like, "Obi Wan is definitively the best Jedi ever." <laughs> Well, the Kanan Jarrus stinks. Yes. He, who cares about this character? What? Oh, a little animated kids show? It's probably cathartic. Literally, too. nobody watched it. Nobody watched <laughs> it. Well, Soka then, comes out. So, so then Soka you can't. comes out. They yeah. mentioned Kanan. 99% of fans. Who? Who cares? This character? I don't care. Then you can't be worried about people clipping out your clips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, all right. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, there's going to be multiple sides to it. Maybe there's a third side that we haven't even thought of. So let us know in the comments. Let us know on social media. Uh, let's fire it up. Let us know what you think. Uh, because again, like I said, there's no, unless George Lucas comes out and says, this is correct. This is correct. There's no wrong answer here. It's up to your interpretation and how you enjoy the movies. So please be sure to uh, let us know wherever that may be in the comments, social media, email, uh, hit us up, let us know. We want to know where, where everyone's at with this. Uh, but ultimately we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you had a good time listening to the podcast because that's what matters most. And we hope you also enjoyed the Will of the Force topics as well. Uh, Before we get out of here, we mentioned Patreon at the top. Uh, I'm sure a handful of you uh, hopefully signed up during this episode. If that's true, awesome. Thank you very much. (laughs) If not, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and sign up. And we have to give a special shout out to these folks, our generals and our spice runners on Patreon, Carmelo John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana and Dave Hornack, and then the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. And all of our listeners, however you like TRB, however you support TRB, thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. And again, be sure to send all your best wishes to Lacey as she is uh, literally giving birth today, I believe. So uh, hit her up on social media, send her your well wishes, and she'll be back uh, after some time off. Uh, but she will return, of course. And she's, she's still up behind the scenes working on stuff for our Patreon, too. Um, for me, Johnny Hoey on social media and uh, my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Um, check us out on all podcast apps there um all right james how about you uh you can find me on all social media at myra trunks okie dokie james anything else for our our folks out there before we get on out of here no the only thing i after we cut off i was gonna tell you i might as well go ahead and say it now but it just that this whole discussion to me reminds me of like the gray jedi thing when people are like they see it as like balanced, you know, there's like equal light and dark. Oh, and really? Like, I didn't see no. it that way at all. I know. And and like when that argument comes up, I'm like, no, that's not how it is. You know, it's like it kind of just it, it's like one of these things where like Star Wars can do whatever they want. But I hope they don't embrace that community to showcase that that's actually what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I and I don't feel like to this day they've really n- really embraced this whole like no it's a fact that the jedi like were bad or failed or whatever you know and i so think that's you, what you keep crossing up bad and failure and i i find that a little odd but i think that's um, what a lot of people think yeah like they were doing it wrong you can do something wrong without being malintentioned i guess yeah i mean I, I mean, I agree with well, that. being it's human. Interesting. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, James, you and I back at it Thursday. Mm-hmm. TRB live holding down the fort for uh, the foreseeable future here. But we'll be talking Star Wars news. And with the strikes being over, thankfully, uh, there's a good chance we're going to have some more news to talk about. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, so I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope everyone out there has a great week. 
and we'll see everybody next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids <laughs>